Hello once again, my friends, and welcome to the Run of the Mills podcast. My name is Mike, and I am your podcasting guy. And uh, today we're talking about the Book of Romans. Actually, we've been talking about this for the last, what, 183 days or so. So, hey, let's keep going. We're almost done. We're in the Book of Romans in Chapter 15, and Paul is kind of summing things up at this point. Um, and so he has been talking about uh, some some things about unity within the body of Christ, within the church, unity, having patience uh, with one another and being of one mind. We talked about that last time. You know, what is that one mind? Is it getting everybody to come around to my way of thinking? Uh, well, hopefully not, um, unless I have the mind of Christ. Uh, that's the one mind. We ought to be putting on the mind of Christ. And uh, so in verse 17, he's taught, or in verse 7, rather, he is got a therefore, right? So we got to look back and say, okay, what was just said and what's he saying? Uh, so he just told us, he says, now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, all right. So in light of that, receive one another, just as Christ also received us. To the glory of God. Now, I'm going to stop right there because I want to talk about that a smidge. And what I wanted to say was this. He says, receive one another. Now, he he doesn't just leave this open, uh, like open-ended, hey, receive one another. But he tells us how to receive one another, right? Just as Christ also received us. And so this is one of those things, again, for me to look at my own self and look at how I deal with people and again, say, wait a minute, how did Jesus deal with me? When I fail, how did Jesus deal, how does Jesus deal with me? When I fall short, how does Jesus feel with, deal with me? You know, when I came to him initially, how did he receive me? Was I perfect? Was I godly? Was I pursuing him? No, you know, yet he received me. And that's how we ought to receive people as well, you know, especially in the church. You know, far too often the standards put on on new believers are such that they, they end up thinking that there's all these rules and that they're not good enough and that everyone's looking down on them. And I think that there there's that's a, maybe showing some failure on our part. And so I think it's one of those things, again, we need to keep in mind that, uh, you know, New believers are messy, just like new babies are messy. You know, when you talk about a baby human, I've had a few. Uh, they're messy. They come out messy. They continue to be messy. You know, they can't feed themselves without making a mess. They can't go to the bathroom without making a mess. And I'm going to be honest here, some of them, it takes them years, years. And they still struggle with some things that seem very basic to us who are uh, mature adults. And then even some of us mature adults, we look around and I look around and I think, man, I struggle with some things that my kids do well at. But uh, the long and the short of it being that as we grow and as we mature, uh, hopefully, hopefully we, um, we are not causing as many big messes. Hopefully we gain wisdom. We, uh, we grow in our walk with the Lord and our sensitivity to his spirit, where we make better decisions because we have a better understanding of the word of God. And so 
that's one of those things to remember. And it's easy thing to forget when you're in church. Years ago, I went to a pastor's conference and one of the pastors that was speaking uh, was talking about his church and how uh, he had become the new pastor for a fairly large um, upper middle class church. And he said, you know, it was a really a challenge because that wasn't his background. Um, and it was a, a challenge for him because uh, most of the people were older and they were more conservative in their, uh, in their traditions and in their dress. But he said, you know, the thing is they love Jesus and they love people. And we, he said, we'd have these meetings and they would talk about, Hey, we want to reach out to the lost. We want to reach lost people and hurting people. And his, his warning to them was this. He said, lost people don't look like you look. Lost people don't think like you think. Lost people don't vote for the candidates you vote for. Lost people don't smell like you smell. You want lost and hurting people? Well, he said, I'm all about that. You know, we want, we want people coming in to hear the gospel. Well, that's great. We want to go out and share the gospel and then bring those people in. That's better. But recognize that those people are not going to look like you. They're not going to act like you. They're not going to smell like you. They're not going to think like you. They have different values than you have. So be ready for that. And I remember thinking like, that was pretty cool. You know, that, that was a good point. And then I went back to my church and we had a meeting and somebody was bringing up this exact same thing. They were saying like, our church needs to grow. We need to grow. We need to, um, you know, we need to be reaching new people. And so I just quoted the guy. I said, hey, you know, you need to recognize that lost people aren't going to look like you look. They're not going to smell like you smell. They're not going to do like you do. They're not going to act the way you act. And I said, you know, are, are you sure? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're sure, we're sure. And it was almost comical because within a month, we had two people that started coming to the church. Uh, and then a third that didn't look like they looked, didn't act like they act, didn't smell like they smelled, didn't have the same conservative political viewpoint that some of them had. And it was an interesting conflict and an interesting challenge. Some people were not ready. You know, they were not, they had, they had forgotten how Christ had received them. And they were looking at these people and they were like, ah, oh, this guy's an irritant. This person's an, this person is a distraction. This person is disruptive to my morning. This person is not the kind of person I want because I think what they were actually wanting was more people like them, you know, and that's one of the unfortunate things sometimes in church is that we start wanting our church to be feel, filled with people just like us. We don't want new believers. We want old believers who are dissatisfied with their last church or are moving here from a new area, which, which is nice. It's nice to have people that are mature in, in their faith to come in with an outside perspective. But you know what? We need to reach those lost people and we need to receive them as Christ received us. And so keep that in mind when you're dealing with those people, when you're dealing with, when you're dealing with young people, when you're dealing with kids, you know, to remember how Christ received you. It's so easy for us to forget our past perspective and see things only through our present perspective. Now, Paul's going to move on from here, and we'll talk about this next time. But he's going to move on here to talk about God, you know, Jesus Christ being this, the Savior of the Gentiles 
as well. And so this goes back again to the beginning of the chapter because, or the beginning of the book, because he, remember he talked about, well, who needs a savior? Remember that in the first uh, three chapters, who needs a savior? Well, chapter one, he said, well, there are those people that are blatant, obvious sinners, right? The end of chapter one. And he said, there are those people who approve of the sin of blatant, obvious sinners, though they themselves don't practice it. And they're guilty as well. And then chapter two starts off with that statement of who are, who are you, you know, who are you who judge? Because you do the same things. The very fact that you can tell right and wrong means you're guilty. You know that you've done wrong. You know, you've, you've not just um, broken God's law, but your own law, your own conscience, you've gone against it. And, and then he talks about the super religious. Those people are putting their faith in their religious background. And remember how in chapter three, he sums it all up. And he says, there's, there's none who seek God. There's none who are good. No, not even one. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so whoever the, who the person who might be reading this, whether they're more mature in their faith or maybe they're, they have a Jewish background or whatever, he's saying, hey, remember, remember how Christ received you. Remember how Christ received us. Therefore, receive each other in that way. You know, Christ received us as we were. Christ received us as we were. So, you know what? Receive each other as you are. Now, Christ received me how I was, but he wasn't content to keep me that way. And I'm going to receive people as they are. But, you know, I want to encourage them. I want to build them up. I want to see them grow. I want to challenge them. And I, I want to be, I need to be challenged. And so, you know, it's not just accept people how they are and uh, just live and let live, be and let be. Well, no, you know, we need to hold each other accountable and help each other out. And it's not a matter of judging and contemning and kicking one another out of the church, but rather saying, hey, I care about you. I'm concerned about you. I love you. I want to see you grow more closer to the Lord. I want to help you. I want, you know, and also help me. You know, if you see me out of line, let me know. You know, if I am dishonoring our God, let me know, please. Because I want to grow closer to him. I want to be better. Hopefully that's our attitude. Anyway, talk to you more next time. God bless you.